We all know that creatives exude passion, right? It's what drives us, that passion, that creativity. It brings us so much joy. However, for those of you at home that are trying to, you know, make some money out of your craft, we all know that passion isn't going to pay the bills and you can't live off passion alone. So over this episode and the next one, this is going to be a bit of a two-part series here, we're going to talk about how to make your passion profitable. This is something I'm super passionate about, (laughs) as us creatives are, and I'm going to share with you my six steps to help you and guide you to making your passion profitable, yeah? So let's get into it. Let's start turning your creativity into cash. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Hello, it's Josephine here and welcome back to Business, Arts, and All That Jazz. Today, I'm going to start the conversation on how to make your passion profitable. And in this uh, in this episode, we're going to go through my first three out of six steps um, that hopefully will help and guide you. This is a two-part series, guys. So three steps here and three steps there on the next episode. And um, just, just so if you're, you know, walking or if you're in the car or whatever, I've actually got a downloadable PDF um, with all of these notes for you. So you can actually get um, that free PDF um, via my website, guys. So that's go to josephinelancuba.com forward slash passion into profit. So that's forward slash passion into profit. And I'll pop that into the show notes description there as well for you. All right, let's dive in. So it's no secret that my entire business is based on creative concepts, performing arts, um, passion projects, and all that jazz. So I'm hoping that no matter what field you're in, whether you're, you know, I always say a, a dancer, a baker, a candlestick maker, it really doesn't matter what your craft is. The core elements of making your passion profitable are the same. They really are. And, you know, it, it's important because when you are a creative, it, it's, it can be chaotic at times. You've got all these ideas buzzing around and it can be overwhelming. And it's hard to sort of 
narrow it down and say, right, how can I actually hone into my craft, my skills, my talent? And how can I turn this into cash? How can I make money from what I love to do? Now, a little, you know, a little disclosure here. I don't think that everybody should turn their passion, should make their passion profitable. Sometimes it's okay to choose to love something and be passionate about it and just be creative for the sake of being creative. So, you know, that's that's one side of the coin. I'm talking about the flip side where you've made a decision, you know you want to make money or perhaps you've been at it for a few years and you're sort of floating around the same amount of money you've been making for a couple of years now and you've plateaued and you're not moving upward financially. So I'm hoping that, you know, when I step through this, it's going to help you. Honestly, I I want to share this because I think it's really important that I didn't start with a huge bank balance. I was literally broke. I started my entrepreneurial journey. Really, I started my artist journey. I was a performer. I was waiting on tables, trying to make ends meet, living below the poverty line, literally buying 10 cent noodles from the local, um, you know, international grocer. I was, um, I couldn't make rent. I would sleep on my friend's couches. I literally was one of those artists that had no money. I just didn't have the finances behind me. I didn't have the support. I didn't have any like, you know, mum or dad to run home to and say, hey, can you help me out? I just didn't have it. Um, you know, and there were times where I even had to go to the Salvation Army and the local charity for food stamps. And that's the truth. So if you think I've got it easy, it didn't, it's not, it's not the case. Like I've actually worked for what I have and I'm really proud of what I've achieved, but it was through moving through these steps. Not that I did it intentionally at the time, I suppose years and years ago, I, it's taken me two decades to get where I am now, which is really comfortable. And, you know, I, I have all the things I need and want in my life. Obviously, I always, you know, desire more as we do as human beings, but I have what I need, you know, I'm good. And um, I aim for more and that's part of my journey. But, you know, I want you to know that I started from very humble beginnings because it's important to know that because if I can do it, anyone can, really, anyone can do it. Now, the focus as well is when you're passionate, it's easy to, when you start the business, you've got stars in your eyes, you know, you might be a dancer who starts a dance studio or, you know, you might um, be someone who starts to design cupcakes and you love doing that. But it's really important that over time, you know, the whole idea of starting a business is that you wanted to create not just financial freedom, but I'm, I'm also going to assume that you considered your lifestyle and all of those things, like you wanted to have control over your life. So you didn't want to make yourself a J-O-B, right? (laughs) Creatives don't want jobs. We want to work, but we want to work in areas that fulfill us. That's very, and that's entrepreneurs in general, really. So, you know, this isn't about creating a (laughs) J-O-B. This is about bringing your passion and creativity into the world with complete possibility. 
All right, so um, here we go. I'm going to step into these six steps with you on how to make your passion profitable. Now, remember, this is a two-part um, two-part series. This is episode one of it, and then there'll be another episode, and you can get all of these notes on my website, josephalancuba.com forward slash passion into profit. Okay, let's dive in. Number one is back yourself. Now, honestly, you're going to go, yeah, 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 back yourself. Everyone says back yourself. But if you don't back yourself, no one else will. And a lot of the success I've had has come through confidence, backing myself and mindset, positive mindset. So here's what I do to help me overcome any feelings of self-doubt when I'm diving into a project. Firstly, I think about why I want to do what I'm doing. So this is what I call my why list. And if you've got a pen and paper, write down, or that's a bit old school, I guess. You can write on your phone, whatever, or you can do this later when you work through the PDF. But I want you to write down all of the reasons why you want to start your creative business and pursue your art form. Now, include everything from personal, financial, lifestyle reasons and more. I want you to get really specific and I don't want you to hold back. So the why list is so important because this is what fuels you. This is what really drives you and propels you into action. If you have no purpose, you won't succeed. The purpose is the driving factor. There are external things like, I want to be rich. I want to be famous. I want to do all the things. But that isn't necessarily what's the core reason as to why. Yeah, that's cool. Getting, you know, a million followers on Instagram. Woohoo, that's that's fun. But why are you really doing it? Is it because you want to provide a, bre- a better life for your children or you want to, um, you know, live a life of freedom or you want to change the narrative of your past? You know, there's always a deeper reason. Maybe there are people you want to help. You know, it could be community focused, whatever it is. Just I want you to really think about it. Um, And there might be some, you know, some superficial ideas. You want to drive a particular car. You want to but, but something tells me that that's not your true core reason. So you're going to write down your why list, okay? Once you've written your why list, I want you to write down three things that you love about your gift. Or if you're not writing, if you're driving in the car, just think it, say it out loud. Say out loud three things that you love about your gift, skill or talent, okay? There's no room to be modest here. And if you have more than three things, then that's awesome. Say them out loud. Write them down. Get them out into, you know, get them out into the universe. Because this is a mindset game. Yeah, this is about getting you in the headspace of being ready to back yourself. So once you've created these lists, um, and whenever you do, and I urge you to, to do it, I want you to read over them and, you know, acknowledge how important it is to share your gifts with others and with yourself. You really do owe it to yourself to give this a go. Okay, so number one is back yourself. Remember, if you don't back yourself, no one else will. Okay, number two, change your money mindset. 
Now, time and time again, creatives will give away their gift or their talent or their skills for free. This actually um, pains me when I see this because I did this. I did this for years. I I did this. <laughs> um, actually, I'll give you one example. Um, you know, back in the day, I, I did. Um, I was an actor, and I did a lot of television commercial stuff, as well as other bits and part bits and pieces. Anyway, and. Channel 7 contacted a friend of mine who was saying, hey, I want to film. Um, they wanted to film some little bit parts and pieces that they could use as sort of just, just general content for the news and for all Channel 7 shows. So, for example, if you're watching the news and they talk about, you know, Australians are struggling with paying the bills you know, since the pandemic, right? They'll show an image of like a couple looking at their bill and shaking their heads. This is like a little content grab that actors are filming. So, you know, it could be a segment on beauty and then it might show someone, a woman in the mirror putting on her foundation. Little segments of content that, you know, these, these networks use for the news or for info, you know, infomercials, lifestyle, whatever. So I did this shoot for Channel 7 and I wasn't paid for it. Maybe I shouldn't say it out loud, but I wasn't paid for it. I am going to say it out loud because it's not right. Anyway, and that was nearly 10 years ago. I think it was seven or eight years ago now. Yeah, because I I hadn't had my child yet, my first bubba, and she's like seven and I wasn't pregnant. So we're talking a good, God, eight years plus ago now. And to this day, they are still using the content because, and I did that for free and I signed off in perpetuity on that because I was an eager young actor, really excited just to be on screen and have the opportunity. No, thanks. As a talent agent now, I would never allow an artist to do what I did. I still get phone calls from family and text messages from friends saying, hey, I just saw you on the news. And you know what's even worse than not being paid for that is the fact that it doesn't even it it's doesn't represent who I am today. So signing off in perpetuity on that, you know, is not something that Channel Seven should have asked me to do. Um, but they did, and it will happen over and over again to creatives. We give away our skills, our talents, and our abilities for free too often, or we undercharge. We're afraid to ask. Now, I'm going to give you a little tip here about value perception. So value perception is something um, that I've come to learn over the last few years, and that is that people will value what you have to offer sometimes based on price. So if you're offering a workshop for 10 bucks, then they're going to see it as a, you know, a cheap workshop they're going to see what you do as cheap and low value whereas if you charge a higher price they'll say oh the, the the value perception will change and all of a sudden we have a quality workshop doesn't matter what you do you could be selling product or service the point is you deserve to be paid okay so let me say that again 
You deserve to be paid. Not just paid something, but paid the value of what you're offering. Um, So sometimes people don't consider the costs and your time that's involved in whatever you're creating. You know, it's important to put a markup on that. You might start smaller and then build your way up when your confidence builds and builds and you start to back yourself more and more. So see how these things intertwine. Backing yourself also comes into changing your money mindset because the more confidence you have, the more you begin to back yourself, the more the more you you will look at potentially increasing your prices. But again, we all have to start somewhere, right? Um, I'm talking, you know, two decades later from where I first started being an artist to now being a creative, um, a creative entrepreneur. So I didn't start that way. I don't think anyone should be working for free, not without some. I mean, nothing, not even a sh- uh, something to tangible from it. But um, but but I understand that there's got to be you've got to feel confident about your pricing as well. But try not to overly compare yourself to others. Obviously, you want to sit right within the market so that your demographic buys from you. But again, it's all down to value perception and the quality aspect you're putting out there. And that will come over time. All right. So we've got one back yourself Two, change your money mindset. (laughs) Now, don't forget, set your price and believe in it. You want to value your time, energy and skills. And if you if you start second guessing yourself, head back to point one, back yourself. okay, and go over that why list and your skills list and read over them or think about them. And um, that will give you all the reasons of why you rock and deserve to be paid. Okay. Number three, get clear on your offer and start small. Now, a creative and artistic mind can absolutely be a chaotic one. Oh, there's a new shiny thing. Oh, there's a new shiny thing, right? Entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, what, what can you say? <laughs> Artists, um, opportunists, it's natural. We, you know, the grass is greener over here. The grass is greener over there. And I understand that you absolutely have, may have many big, amazing ideas. However, if you want to make your passion profitable and you really want to drive some revenue and income that sustains your life, then you need to get some clarity. So the the first thing you should do is uh, actually let me give you an example of something I did and that is um, I mean you can use like Trello boards or anything where you love to take notes Um, but I went old school on this a few years ago and I just got butcher's paper (laughs) and I literally wrote down all of my ideas all of the projects I had in the pipeline and everything I wanted to work on. I realized there was a lot of chaos around my brand when I started, you know, focusing on my business full time about seven, eight years, eight years ago now, I don't know. Um, When I started focusing full time on my business and it wasn't just me saying this is a hobby or a a side hustle when I decided, no, I'm going to really make a go of this about seven years back. 
um, I started doing all the things and offering all the things that it actually became confusing from, you know, confusing to my prospective clients. And the reason I knew this was because I had everything up on my website, including I used to offer, um, what was it? Children's parties, um, live entertainment packages. I had a talent agency. I had a dance studio. I was, I was offering tap, jazz, ballet. I even was offering hula hoop workshops, drumming classes. Um, it was, it was an absolute mess. Now, the reason I realized it was an absolute mess was because a client came to me one day, well, prospective client, and they looked at my website and they sent me an email saying, hey there, I'm interested in what you do, but can you just clarify what exactly do you do? And I thought, oh, wow, okay, this is a hot mess. People can't even look at my website and really grasp what I do. And that's when I knew I had to make a change. And that's when the butcher's paper came out and I wrote down everything I offered, everything I had in the pipeline, all of my ideas, you know, whatever it was. It was literally a brain dump. Yeah, brainstorming, mind dump, whatever you want to call it. So I wrote down all of my ideas and I didn't limit myself, okay? This is about brainstorming all of the possibilities and writing down everything that you do. This is what I call my now, not then, my dream list, right? This is everything I dream of doing and want to do and do. So once I created that list, I then began to narrow it down. And I said, you know what? I think there are three businesses in this one business that I offer. So I created four columns and I started moving the pieces from the the mashed up brainstorming board into columns. Column number one was my agency and entertainment service. That was Next Move Studios. Column number two was my training and education offerings, which later became Musical Makers Club, which it is today. And I also ditched all the other dance styles like tap, ballet, all of that. And I focused on my niche and what I was passionate about, which was musical theater. And that's how the Musical Makers Club was born. Then I looked at me, the individual, the producer, the director, the choreographer, and I created a column called Josephine Lane Cuba, me, the artist, the TV host, the actor, because that's not the same as running a talent agency. It's not the same as having a program, um, you know, a performing arts program business. This was really my third business, which was my personal brand. And then I had a fourth column, which was bench. Now, I actually no longer use butcher's paper. I used a Trello board and that benched column is now called gonna get to it. And I may never get to it, right? These are pipeline stuff, like things I think about that so I don't lose the idea. I just pop it. I pop a card on my Trello board on the list that says gonna get to it. You know, want to start a pop group? Eh, gonna get to it. (laughs) 
um, going to license. So I write my own original shows. I'm wanna, I want to eventually license them. I'm not in the headspace to do that right now, but I don't want to lose that idea. So I pop it on the going to get to it list. And then all of a sudden, this one business became three. Now, for you, that may sound insane, right? Because you might be at the very beginnings of something and you're like, whoa, lady, you've got three businesses. Like, that's not what I want to do. You don't have to. Your clarity could be that you're a cake maker and you offer cakes for everything. So it doesn't matter if it's a kid's party, a wedding, or this, or it doesn't matter what people come to you for. You make, you decorate cakes for everybody. But guess what? A kid's party price is different to a wedding cake price. Maybe if you got clear on your offer and you started small, you might say, wait a minute, maybe I should niche what my offer is and have a higher end price and only do wedding cakes and special occasions because then I know I can charge a few hundred dollars for my cakes. Whereas a Spider-Man cake for a three-year-old's kids party, a parent doesn't want to pay 300 bucks for a Spider-Man cake. They just don't, you know? So that's what, unless you're selling to, you know, Kim Kardashian or something, (laughs) you know, where everything's quite, quite fancy. But that's not what I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about the average Joe Blow here. So, you know, get clear on your offer and start small. And ask yourself, once you've you've narrowed down the, the different things that you do and how maybe you can prioritize and, you know, maybe eventually you want to offer high-end Spider-Man cakes, but maybe for now, why don't, why don't we focus in? Why don't we narrow it down and say, Let's start with this. Let's get really good at this. Let's build this part of my business up. And then maybe it'll evolve and it will evolve in a way that makes sense to my brand position rather than a chaotic mess, you know. So so I highly recommend you do this exercise and create a going to get to it list or a bench list procrastination can kill a creative business before it even gets started. So if you make it too hard for yourself, you're going to likely bench it and never get to it. I really do urge you to be super kind to yourself as well because you can get to the big stuff later. So I'm not saying um, procrastinate and and say, oh, no, I'm not going to be brave. Remember, we back ourselves. Remember, we changed our money mindset. We know we deserve to be paid. So when we create our offers, number three, we get clear on our offer and we might start small. We know that we are going to go in with what I'm passionate about. I don't have to listen to everyone else. I'm going to do what I've set out to do. I'm going to charge what I really want to charge that I believe it's worth. And then I'm going to give my clients a clear offer, a clear package or clear offers that really position me um, as a brand that people recognize. Okay, guys, so that's it. That's my first three out of six steps on 
how to make your passion profitable. Now, if you if you love that and you want to really um, keep those notes, if you didn't make notes for yourself, that's totally cool. <laughs> I get it. I usually listen to my podcasts when I'm walking and all that sort of thing. You can download the free PDF, Make Your Passion Profitable PDF via my website. That's josephinelancuba.com forward slash passion into profit. Thank you, guys, um, and I will see you for part two on the next episode. Let's turn that creativity into some cash. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Have a beautiful day. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World and you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening.